How's everybody doing tonight? Looking good, feeling good, or about to feel good? I guess this is a, pr- a healing meeting. We're at the beginning. I imagine there's some that are not feeling good, but we're glad you came. Whether, you, whether you're feeling at the top of your game or not, we believe that it won't remain the same if you're not. Amen? And so, good deal. Great to have you here tonight. Good things are about to happen in this, in this service. I tell you what, right before our very eyes, good things are about to happen. You know, the Lord confirms His Word with signs and wonders following. That means that when you proclaim boldly what He has said, what He has promised, what He has provided, He shows up. You say what He says, and He shows up to say, that's right. And he does that. You don't hear a amen in the spirit, <laughs> I don't think. But what you do is you, you, you see the results of God bringing his word to pass. The Old, Old Testament scripture said that God um, watches over his word to perform it. I forget the, which translation that is. It uses those exact words. But he, he watches over his word to perform it. He's our performer. In other words, he gives the promise. We say, yes, I'll take that. I believe that's true. I apply that to my life now. And the Lord comes riding on that to perform that word in your life. All you need is a word from God. All we need is to know what he has said. I don't need to know. Now, we don't despise this, but I don't need to know what uh, natural medical science has said. That might help me know what to believe against. You know what I'm saying? But what I need is a word from God. Uh, what I need to know is what He says about me, what He says for my life, what He says for my, for my physical body. Because if I find out what He said, I can choose to believe that. And that will supersede what everyone else has said. You might say, I'm a loser and I'm a good for nothing and everything else. And people have, so. <laughs> uh, but I don't, I don't believe you. I'm going to go ahead and believe what God says about me. Let me encourage you to do the same. There's always going to be some naysayers. There's always going to be those who are ugly and, you know, and, and, and want to talk down and, and criticize. But what does the Lord say about your life? I tell you what, He loves you. He has a promise that's true. He has a plan and a will for your life that He wants to establish tonight. Amen? Praise God. Well, uh, if you brought your Bible with you, that's good. If not... Uh, maybe this is new to you, and that's okay. It's always new to somebody. If it's never new to anybody, we're not doing a good job reaching out, are we? That means we've become selfish, and we've just having our own bless me club. But uh, and so this is new to you. Maybe you don't have a Bible, or, or not used to bringing one. We have these scriptures for you on the screen as well. But Galatians chapter three is where we want to begin. Galatians chapter three. Amen. I want to share a few things from the Word of God with you that will help you to receive your healing. All right? If you're here, and maybe you didn't know that we focus on healing the first Wednesday of each month, you're here, and you're sick in your body. Get ready for that to change. Okay? If you're you're doing well, if everything's good in your body, let's believe for those who are needing a touch from God tonight. 
okay? And, and if, uh, if you're well in your body, uh, I'm here to give you a word that will help to sustain you and strengthen you in the days to come, all right? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 reads this way, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. You might wonder, how did he redeem us? Well, he became a curse, what? For us. How many know that's an important word there? Jesus didn't just become a curse, period. No, there wouldn't be any value in that. But he became a curse for us. On our behalf, for our benefit, Jesus became a curse. Strong language. He wasn't just cursed. He became one. I mean, he inhabited. He became a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's basically we're talking about the cross. When Jesus hung on the cross, he became a curse. Why did he become a curse? So that for us, so that we wouldn't have to be cursed. We would not have to live under the curse. Now, uh, when we talk about the word curse, uh, you understand what that is. Just think opposite of blessed. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear in the, in the Word of God, but cursed is never good. All right? Sickness and disease is called a curse in the Bible. It's never called a blessing. All right? So we, we could very well say it this way. Healing is a blessing. Or it is, a person is blessed if they're well and strong and healthy in their body. They are cursed if there's a sickness and disease in their body. And that sounds, does that sound kind of rude? Man, dude, you are cursed. Well, we just need to call it what it is. It doesn't mean that that person is necessarily evil, there's something wrong with them as an individual, as a person, as far as their heart, but it means there's something working in their body that's not a blessing, it's a curse. Everybody with me on that? Okay. And so, why did Jesus become a curse? For us, so we wouldn't have to bear the curse. But the Bible says that Christ has redeemed us, redeemed us. That word redeemed comes from the Greek word. Anybody want to know the Greek word tonight? Oh, yeah, I I thought some of you Greek people (laughs) want to know this word. Let me see if I can say it right. No. (laughs) (laughs) Is that exaggerazzo? All right, exaggerazzo. Wasn't that right? (laughs) This word means to buy up. What did the Lord do for us when when He redeemed us? He bought us to to buy us up. In other words, to ransom, the concordance says, the Strong's concordance. Figuratively, to rescue from loss. Okay, to improve opportunity. It's translated redeem. All right, he has bought us up. Well, I guess we must have been sold out. (laughs) I I, I guess we must have belonged to somebody else. But Jesus came and knew what what the price tag was, and it was really expensive. Do you know you're like really expensive? I mean, if you had a price tag on it, on you, you know, like off your shoulder, had a price tag, there wouldn't be enough dollars in the world to purchase you. Yeah, so how do I know? Because God is a smart shopper. 
and he's not going to pay the highest price for something worthless. How much did he pay? He paid the blood of Jesus. He paid his only son. I don't know, that says something pretty high about me and you, about what God thought, about what he created. Man, this is a big deal, okay? But he purchased us. Jesus has rescued by buying us back from all the repercussions of not fully and completely filling, fulfilling the requirements of the law, all right? Now, what the deal was, now, I want you to go to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Notice the scripture said, He has redeemed us from the curse. He didn't say He redeemed us from the curses. Everybody say curse. curse. Don't curse in church. <laughs> okay, everybody say curses. curses. All right. What is the curse? And then what are the curses? Well, I think we could name a lot of curses. You could name all kinds of sickness and disease. You could name things like poverty and mental oppression, solitude. You know, uh, you, 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 you could, uh, when I'm talking about, you know, not, not having companions and so forth. There's a lot of different things that could be labeled um, a curse in life. Jesus became a curse for us, and he redeemed us so we wouldn't have to bear the curse, all right? What is the curse? The curse is the fact that you and I cannot fulfill all of God's requirements. The curse is the fact that the only way to be blessed under a system without Jesus is to do everything right all the time. And if you can't, you're in trouble, and there's nothing you can do about it. He removed that impossible situation, that burden, so that the curses would not have an opportunity to dominate us. Now let's look at this Old Testament verse here, Deuteronomy 28. I mean, know it's important to know which side of the Bible you're reading out of. You'll misunderstand it every time if you don't. If you just think, oh, it's just a verse in the Bible, they're all the same. No, they're not. They, they're written to different people at different times, different covenants, some without a covenant. Uh, amen. And we've got to understand, okay, this is, this is under the law, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because, why? Why? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Why would all these blessings come upon you? Because you do everything right. Because you obey every single time. And he goes on and lists all the good stuff. That's a worthy discussion, but we are, we're not going to read that right now. Let's look down at verse 15. Verse 15. But, everybody say but. but. <laughs> it shall come to pass if you do not 
obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you this day that all these what curses will come upon you and overtake you. So this might sound like good news if you're just right off the top. If you do everything right, if you obey God's every single command, man, you are going to be healed and prosperous and blessed in everything you put your hand to. But if you don't, if you don't what? Obey everything that the Lord said and fulfill all His commandments, then all these curses will be added to you. <laughs> they will come upon you and overtake you. Now, again, that might sound good. Like, well, I'll just obey God. Well, and praise God, I believe in obedience to God. But here's the thing. No one except for one person has ever completely obeyed the commands and the laws of God. And so that puts everyone in a position subject to curses. Subject to the junk and the garbage that's in this world. And it would seem, if this were the completion of all that we had, there's nothing we can do about it. But how many remember this is in the Old Testament? This is under the Old Covenant law. And we've been given a new covenant that's been established upon better promises. All right? So we get the benefits of this Old Covenant plus this extra stuff. What's the extra stuff? Well, in our context here, we've been redeemed from the curse of having to fulfill every requirement of the law. Because we couldn't do it anyway, therefore we all come under the curse. And Jesus said, I'm going to come along and I'm going to obey the law for you. And he did. He fulfilled every jot and tittle. He, he, he fulfilled every single command, did it with absolute perfection. And then in that, in that perfection, then he took the curse that he didn't deserve, that we deserved upon himself so we could be free. What, what does that mean for us now? It means that no longer are there all these things that I didn't do. There are no longer all these requirements for my life. God has this huge long list of everything he's ever said. And the moment I blow one, I'm toast. He has taken that and completely removed it from my life because he fulfilled it. And so you could really read this Old Testament verse with New Testament light, with the knowledge of Jesus. We could say something like, uh, it'll now it'll come to pass if Jesus diligently obeys the voice of the Lord, his God, and observe, care, observes carefully all his commandments, and you're in Jesus, in Christ, if you're in him, then I will bless you. I will set you high above all the nations of the earth. What's our, what's our responsibility now? is to put our faith in the one who did it all. Is to accept the fulfillment of all God's requirements in Jesus. Amen. Now I can't blow it. That just removed a curse from me. Because the curse is no longer on my life. Because I put my faith in Jesus that he fulfilled it. Now the curses have no place in my life. 
to God. Now the blessings can flow to me freely. We'll say, but what if they're not flowing into me freely? I would venture to say the primary reason would be that we're still trying to obey the commands to get blessed. We're still trying to be perfect ourselves, and no one's ever done it except for Jesus. No one has ever been able to do that. So we should just throw in the towel and give up, say, I'm no longer going to do it, but I'm going to accept the substitute. I'm going to accept the fact that Jesus fulfilled every righteous requirement of the law. I could never do it, and I'm going to, by faith, receive him as my substitute. I want what Jesus did to be accredited to my account, and that's exactly what he came to do. Yay! Isn't that good? Come on now. Here we go. Now, now go to Colossians 2. Colossians chapter 2. I want to read, read a few scriptures here, and I want to just, just pound this into you real quick. Not going to take a long time. Just bam, 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 bam. All right? Right? So we understand and get the, our minds renewed to understand this principle that healing and all the blessings of God are not difficult. They're only difficult if we're trying to get them, if we're trying to perform for them, if we're trying to earn them, if we're trying to qualify ourselves to get them. Am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? Do I, do I have this or that? No, no, no. Jesus was good enough. Jesus has had and has what it takes, and all that has been put to our account. Colossians, everybody there already? I'm busy talking. Well, you're turning. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. 2, 13. It, it reads, And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Now, when it says being dead, what does that mean? That means physically dead? No, obviously you don't write a letter to physically dead people. Uh, he's, ta- he's talking, you being dead, what does that mean? That's called spiritual death. All right? You being dead... Uh, he has made alive together. All right, was that talking about physical life? No, uh, that's talking about spiritual life. That's called being born again. When someone is born again, they are made alive inside with Christ. With Him having forgiven you all trespasses. So what has the Lord done? He has made us alive. He has, uh, he has forgiven us. Of all trespasses, verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. Now, what is that talking about? The, 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 the requirements was the requirements of God, the holy standard of God that says, live this way and no other way. Do not do, not do anything different. Obey every command. That is the, what God had written. And what does the Bible say? Jesus said, Uh, or the scripture says about Jesus, that he wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. Now, just a side note, notice that language, against us. How many people today, even in the church, think that all the laws of God and the Old Covenant laws, the Old Testament laws, are for our benefit? Many people think they are. Oh, yeah, and they're, they're for our benefit to teach us how to live. They're not. They're against us. Because what do they do? They condemn you. They tell you you're not good enough, and you're not. (laughs) They tell you you've blown it. You failed, and you have. So Jesus said, I'm going to take it away. I'm going to remove it 
I'm going to get it out of there so you no longer have something to say. And you're a rascal. You are good for nothing. You deserve to be sick, man. Man, you deserve to die young. You deserve to be in pain. You know what you've done. No, I don't know anything because there's no, there's no requirements against me anymore. Now, if I haven't put my faith in Jesus, then there are. God's holy standard is still true. But as soon as I put my trust in Him, I see, no, He fulfilled that on my behalf. Jesus said it is finished because He did it, man. He took care of every single requirement. And, and let's go on reading. And He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So every person who comes to God through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ no longer has these requirements, no longer has these rules and regulations hanging over their head, no longer has this guilt trip over them of how you've blown it, how you've messed up, how you've sinned and come short of God's glory. Jesus said, no, I'm taking that out of here, nailing that to the cross, and now you've got free access to God at all times. Well, what if I blow it? Well, Jesus didn't blow it. Well, what if I do wrong? It doesn't matter. Jesus didn't do wrong. And I don't relate to God based upon whether I did right or wrong. I relate to God based on the fact that Jesus did right. But I didn't, re I didn't really know I was going to get into this so much here tonight. I, I know I'm probably causing some, some minds to tweak. But I tell you what, this is revelation that will set you free. This is the strand that goes all through the New Testament. It, it, it's, it's, it's the Word of God that removes the obligation from us, sets us free. Really, I know people get afraid when you're saying we can just sin and do wrong. And this sets us free to serve God without guilt and shame. I can serve Him without a fear of being, being knocked down, without, without this feeling of guilt like I deserve to be punished. Maybe in my natural self I do, but I'm not just in my natural self anymore. According to 1 Peter, we've partaken of the divine nature of God. I've been made alive. I now relate to him. My sins have been abolished, and those hand, that handwriting against me has been removed. Okay? And therefore, what's the deal? I have been purchased back. That curse of not being able to do it, that curse of trying to fulfill it and never being able to, has been removed from my life. Now, in Jesus, I qualify for every single one of God's blessings. Now in Jesus, I qualify to live a healthy, strong, and prosperous life all my days. What would be in the way? What would prohibit that from coming to pass in me? Absolutely nothing. The only thing that could now would be if I think that there is. If I think that, then my mind is a, is a hindrance. If I believe that God is against me because I've failed. Because I've come short, then, then my believing and my thinking will keep his blessings away from me. And the enemy will run roughshod over my life, manifesting the curse, the curse that's in the earth. What are we going to do? Let's just look to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me read a couple more scriptures to you. Praise God. Col uh, you're in Colossians there. Look at chapter 1. Colossians 1 and verse 13. It says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. That's interesting. Who did that? He did. I didn't do that. You know, it's not wrong to talk about how I got saved. 
It's not wrong to talk about I gave my life to the Lord, but let's make sure we have the proper perspective. All I did was respond to Him. All I did is yield to what He wanted to do in my life the whole time. Amen. Because what has He done? He has already, for every person who has given their life to Him, He has transferred them. He, he, he has delivered. He has brought them out of darkness into the sun, into the kingdom of the son of his love. Is anybody, is anybody in the kingdom today? Yeah. Of the son of... I live in a place now where I belong. I live in a place where I am loved. It is, I am surrounded by pure love. That is the kingdom in which I abide and dwell in. God's love surrounds me. Oh, the devil doesn't have a chance. <laughs> I tell you what, he does not even have a chance to win in my life and in your life when you know that you're in a kingdom of love. God's love surrounds you. Praise God. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 24. 324. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Being justified, how? By His grace through the redemption. What does that mean? He bought us. He purchased you. He paid the full price plus tax. There's nothing, you know, nothing left over. You don't have to pay the shipping. You, 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 you. No resort fees. No Baggage charge. He paid it all. He redeemed us. It's complete. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30 reads, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Redemption. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. I'll go kind of quick here. Ephesians 1 and verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. What do I have in him? Man, I have redemption. What? Man, I tell you what, this is consistently throughout the New Testament. One of the main things God wants us to know about how He relates to us is He purchased us. We no longer belong to the devil. We no longer are subject to the sin and the curses of this earth. We no longer are held under those requirements. God owns us. His ownership is not transferred from day to day, whether you do right or do wrong or even okay. God has purchased us by His very own blood, the blood of the Son, Jesus. Colossians 1.14 says something very similar, almost word for word, but it's in there again, might as well read it. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Not going to get it, I'm just praying that God would forgive me. He already has. He already has forgiven you. He's already forgiven me. And now we have been redeemed. Say it with me. I have, I have been, redeemed. been redeemed. I tell you what, you've been purchased by Him. Maybe you haven't given in to that. Maybe you haven't received what He's offered you. But I tell you what, from His perspective, He's already paid the price for you. You've been paid in full. Get off the shelf and let's get out the store. 
let's get out let's get out of the kingdom of darkness and get into the kingdom of the son of his love because the price has already been paid amen and then hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12 says not with the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption i like that word eternal redemption he bought me forever he purchased my life he purchased me with his very own blood and it lasts forever yes it has yes it does amen let's go to first corinthians chapter six look with me together first corinthians chapter 6 is anybody ready to experience I tell you what we're, we've, been, we've been made to experience God's best 1st Corinthians the 6th chapter here we go let's begin verse verse 15 but l- let me just say this before we read uh, you know sometimes people have been mistaught concerning God's plan for the physical body Many times people have been mistaught, and it's a great hindrance to them receiving from the Lord. One of those things is, well, yes, I agree that the Lord bought us. I agree He purchased us. I, I, I don't disagree with that, but that's spiritual. He, he bought us spiritually. And, uh, and that's true, He did. He did. But is that the extent? Hmm. How, how many know the, the Bible says that, that at the last day, when the Lord calls, it says we will be changed in a, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. What's going to be changed? Not my spirit. My spirit's not going to be changed because my spirit got born again the day I said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. If you've been saved, you're never going to get any more saved than you are. You can never be any more forgiven than you are the day that you invite Jesus into your life. You can't get any closer to God than you are today if you've already given your life to Him. Well, I'm just trying to get close to God. Stop! You're already tight with Him in Jesus. That's how He relates to you. And if we think that way, there we are. We're tight. Come on now. So when I'm changed, when the, when the Lord comes and we meet Him in the air, I'm changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's not my spirit. You know what's changing? It's our bodies. Our bodies, our bodies are going to become glorified like Jesus' resurrected body. There to be no more anything bad. Okay? But here, here's the deal. I'm not, I'm not about to say, oh, yeah, and some of you, you'll be healed then. Oh, blah, 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 blah. That's not right. That's not right. If our bodies are changed and made like Jesus at that day, upon what basis or what right does God have to do? Where does He get the right to do that to your body? He doesn't steal stuff. If He stole, if He was a thief, well, everything would be blown apart. But even if He was, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. Man's sin, he would say, well, I'm just taking you back. No, he had to pay for us. Hmm. Paying is sometimes uncomfortable. 
you just can't wash it away. Some things have to be paid for. If you want a new car, you can't just go get one. You've got to pay for it. Why? Because it's not yours. You say, well, everybody belongs to God. No, no, no. Apparently not. Otherwise, why did he pay for us? So he paid for us, and he paid not just for our spirit, but for our bodies. That's the reason on that day we can receive the fullness of our physical redemption. The complete, completeness of it will be manifested at that time. But now, today, we get the first fruits of it. You know what that's called? It's called healing. It's called the healing of our bodies. Let's read this. 1 Corinthians 6, 15. Do you not know that your, what? Bodies are members of Christ. Well, that's pretty wild. Our bodies are members of Christ. That's what the scripture said. Our, phys our physical bodies, they are members of Christ. How many think Christ wants sickness and disease in his body? As a part of himself. Oh, absolutely, he doesn't want that. That's never been his plan. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your what body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so the Lord just doesn't own my, my spirit. The Lord also owns my body. Amen. How many, how many of you would like to, have a, like to own a car that's broken down? How many, how many of you like to own a, own a pet with, uh, you know, with, that's all broken down? You know, one eye, deaf. I'm not saying if you should throw away your pet if that happened to him. But I, I'm just saying that's not what you really want. You, <laughs> how many think the Lord wants part of his body? What he purchased, what he paid for to be all broken down, to be all messed up. To be all afflicted and diseased. No, absolutely not. Jesus came to take the curse off of us. It went on him and he dealt with it. So that we could forever be free from having any reason. There is absolutely no reason now why I have to suffer the curses. There's no reason why you have to suffer the curses. That's all the junk and it's definitely sickness and disease. There's no reason because the curse was removed. Now I'm a magnet for blessings. Amen. Amen. They just come to me. They just come to you. Do you see that? They, they just come. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled it all. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And the scripture went on to say there in Galatians that the blessing of Abraham might come on those in Christ and that's again it is being justified by faith but you see how that manifests in, in Abraham's, li Abraham's life 
is, is it manifested naturally. Not only did they have a child in their old age, they were experienced physical healing there, but he was blessed in many natural ways as well. That's when the blessing of God that you can be justified by faith and not by doing or the lack of doing, that opens your life to every good thing that God has provided. Amen. God is good. God is good.